0: one person in this room or listening to me online this morning by accident. God planned, God ordained that you today would be here or listening to us because he knows that you need to hear something, whether it be with the incredible worship set that the guys just did or with something that's going to be said now. And I love that fact. I have no idea... But I know that in this room, there are hundreds of stories. And some of you had a really, really good week, and others of you, you barely made it here this morning. But I love the fact that I know that I know that I know that God has something to say to you this morning. So I'm gonna pray, but while I'm praying, I'm gonna ask you to do this. I'm gonna ask you to be praying along with me. And I'm gonna ask you to say, you know what, God? You know how my week was, you were right there with me every step of the way and you know what I'm feeling this morning. But God, I'm gonna come to you today and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give it to you. And I'm gonna ask now that you would speak to me, speak into my situation. So let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you that despite all the different journeys that we are on, that every single one of us knows that you are there with us, that you are there beside us, that you know exactly what it is that you need to say to us this morning. And Father, I thank you because I know the words that I say are gonna be spread around and the Holy Spirit is gonna filter them and speak into lives this morning. So just open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, open us up to hear what it is that you want to say this morning. And we thank you for how you're gonna use Sunday morning, October 10th, 2021 at Genesis Church as part of our story. And we thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Nobody's here by accident, but I realized this morning that there are some of you who are sitting here today and you may have a lot of questions as you're sitting here. You're wondering, what's the point? You're wondering, how am I going to get through this? You're wondering, why on earth did this happen to me? You're really just struggling right now with a bad situation. And you're in pain. And that pain may be physical. That pain may be emotional. Relationships that are going bad. A job that's not quite working out how you thought it was going to work out, and it's kind of hanging on by a thread, and you have no idea what this next week is going to bring with it. You're struggling with financial hardships. Health is not going the way you had hoped it would. The doctors have given you some reports, and you just don't know what the next step should be. Your kids aren't doing what you had hoped that they would be doing. Life just hasn't really turned out the way you thought it would, and you're kind of at the end of your rope this morning. And the fact that you are here is a great testimony to the fact that you kind of just dragged yourself to get here, or somebody else was waiting for you. You're hurting this morning. And here's the thing with hurting hurting means you're in pain. And as human beings, we don't like pain. I remember being pregnant um, with my son, and that you know, you get towards the end, and they have that talk with you as to a how many drugs you would like as you are going through labor. And you look at her, or I did at least, like, what is wrong with you? As soon as I step foot in St. Catharines, you better hook me up to every drug that you possibly... We don't like pain for a lot of us. But here's the thing, as human beings, we don't like pain, but actually we can endure pain if there is a purpose at the end of it. I knew that there would be some pain involved going through childbirth, even with every drug that they could possibly administer. There was pain going to be involved, but you know what? That was okay, because I knew at the end of that experience of pain, there was a purpose to it, and I would have my son. Some of you have done this crazy thing where you run long distances. Things like marathons, right? Yeah. There's not enough drugs for me to do that either, okay? But you run. But, You know, you hear about, I've heard and I've read about, as you're running, you feel that pain. But here's the thing, you know that at the end of the 26.2 miles, you're going to have the satisfaction. You're going to feel good about it. It's going to feel like, you know what, you've accomplished something. There was a purpose to the pain. For some of you, your stories have gone in such a way that you have gone through detox. And with detox, there is the painfulness of going through that. But at the end of it, there's a purpose, and that purpose is sobriety. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you, and I want to remind you this morning, you may be in pain, you may be going through some rough stuff, there may be things happening to you that you do not understand, but here's what I want to remind you of this morning. There's a purpose in your pain. There is a purpose to what you are going through. Now, let me just say this. For some of you, life is all sweetness and roses at the moment, okay? Things are good. So this is what I like to call a back pocket sermon, okay? Listen to what I have to say today and store it away. Because at some point in your life, you might want to refer back to, Oh, yeah, that was what she talked about. I would also like to know your secret if everything is hunky-dory and all good for you at the moment. But we'll talk about that later on. See, pain becomes different if there's a purpose to it. There is a purpose to it. I love this book. I know that every word, every sentence in here is God-ordained. And there are some verses in here that I refer back to a gazillion times because they help me when I am going through rough things or when life is not maybe working out the way I hoped it would. But I gotta be completely honest with you. There are some verses in here that don't really give me the warm fuzzies. Like, I don't love them as much. They give me pause to say, eh, I'm not sure about that one. And actually today, I wanna talk about a part of the Bible that may not give us the warm fuzzies, but actually has some incredible things written in it. And it's found in the Gospel of Luke, and it's here in this um, passage, it's during the Last Supper. So the next day after this conversation, Jesus will be crucified, and everything that he goes through leading up to that crucifixion. And this uh, passage here, he is talking to the disciple Peter, Simon Peter, And Luke 22, 31-32 says this. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Here's the thing. There are going to be times that God is going to allow Satan to sift you and to attack you, and that sifting is going to test your faith. None of you have the warm fuzzies right now, right, either. But it's so important to recognize. Now, here's something else I want you to recognize from this passage, too, and that is this. See, Jesus, with all his power, could have said, you know what, Satan asked, I said, go take a hike, it's not happening, but he didn't. He allows that to get to happen to us. By the way, don't miss here also one other thing. Satan has asked. He has absolutely zero power, okay, none. So here, if nothing else you remember from what I am saying this morning, remember this. Small Satan, big God. Okay? Whatever you are going through, all power is not his. Jesus said all power is mine. Okay? He has to ask. He does not have power over you. So remember that this Sunday morning. There's a purpose in your Pain. Simon, Simon, S- Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. After Jace graduated um, from college, um, some of you know he's a diesel mechanic, so he went to work for a John Deere deal- dealership. And one day he FaceTimed me, and he was in the cab of this huge harvester, like this huge thing, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm driving it because I have to work out what's wrong with it, and I'm going to fix it. That freaked me out, but never mind. Okay, so he's in there. And so, me being full of questions said, Chase, like, how much does one of these cost? And he goes, well, this one, this is like about $300,000, this this harvester. And he goes, but mom, if you pay a little bit extra, you can get one that drives itself. (laughs) That's not a movie waiting to happen, the harvester who decided to mow down whatever he wanted to. But, okay, so, But here in the Bible, there was no John Deere, okay? So here in the Bible, when they talk about sifting wheat, here's what happens. The farmer would grow the wheat. Then they would cut it down, of course, by hand. And then they would throw it onto what is called a threshing floor. A threshing floor was a big area of either hard-packed dirt or a huge rock. And it would be put down on there. And then what would happen was, they were, the wheat stalks that were there were beaten or they were trampled in order to loosen the inedible chaff. They were either beaten with tools, all these um, wheat stalks, or what would happen is they would actually let herds of animals walk all over it, cows, donkeys, whatever it was. And what that would do was it would separate the things there. Then the, father, the, father, the farmer, would take a winnowing fork, which is kind of like a pitchfork, he would take big bundles of this wheat stalks, throw it up in the air, and the wind would blow away the chaff. And what was left there was the usable grain. This Sunday morning, you may feel like you've been cut down, thrown on the ground, trampled by a herd of cows, and then tossed in the air for good measure. And that might be the pain that you are going through. And here's the thing. Any attack from Satan, he only has one purpose to it. He wants to see you fail in your faith. You know what? Satan does not care if you are rich or if you don't have a penny. He doesn't care if you are healthy or if you are sick. He doesn't care if you're in a relationship or if you're not in a relationship. All he wants to do is sift out your faith, make you lose your faith completely. But any attack that God allows has a far different purpose. It has the opposite purpose. God allows Satan to attack us, to build your faith, to strengthen your resolve, and so that you will grow as a believer and to propel the purpose for which God created you for. Everybody has a purpose. At no point in when you are going through anything, never think that God has left you, that God is punishing you, that he's forgotten all about you, that he doesn't know you exist anymore. Not true. In fact, if you're going through some really rough stuff, you're really in good company. Second Corinthians, Paul, uh, the apostle Paul, says this. Second Corinthians um, 11. He says, "I have worked much harder, been imprisoned more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one." Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. You feeling better already? Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles. Forget James Bond, they should make movies about the Apostle Paul, because this stuff would sell. In danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and I've often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have gone often without food. I have been cold and naked. This guy had it rough. King David, David who, as a little guy, rescued the Israelite army from the Philistines with one stone, became this well-known, wealthy king, part of the line of Jesus. He said this, I am a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. Then in Matthew 26, Jesus, as he's headed up, to be crucified. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. You're not alone. You may be going through the lowest of lowest times, but please know, you are not alone. But this morning, what I do want to remind you is pain and trials are a part of this life, and they are part of his life for a reason, because there is a purpose in your pain. Going back to Luke 22. It says, this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Satan, si- Simon, really need glasses, that your faith may not Fail. Here's what I want to remind you of this morning. Jesus is praying for you. No matter what you are going through, no matter what is happening, no matter how you may feel like you are going through the ringer, no matter whether things are good or whether things are bad, Jesus told Simon Peter, I'm going to be praying for you. And let me just say that when he said that, he did not mean it in the 2021 Thoughts and Prayers kind of thing, he meant I'm gonna be praying for you. In fact, one of my definite favorite verses in the Bible is found in Romans 8, 34. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Interceding, standing in the gap, being that connection between me and God. I mean, honestly, this verse just amazes me every, every time that I read it. Because it wasn't enough for Jesus to go through the agony of dying for me. It wasn't enough that he gave up his life for me. It wasn't enough everything that he went through. Now he is still at the right hand of the Father interceding for me, pleading for me, saying, you know what? Be with her. Help her be alongside her, we thank you for her. It's like it wasn't enough everything he did, he still is there on my behalf. And that's what he says to Simon in these verses. He's standing in the gap for him. I'm gonna be praying for you. I'm gonna be bringing your case to God. I'm gonna be there every step of whatever you are going through. You know, about 30 years after this conversation with Christ, Peter actually wrote about the wiles and purposes of Satan. And in 1 Peter 5, he says um, he says this, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Now, note these next verses. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. See, here's the thing. As you stand firm in your faith, as you resist the devil, as you say, you know what, I'm not gonna have your attacks, I'm not gonna let them take me down, I'm not gonna let this be the thing that brings me to the place where I lose my faith. As you are sifted, just like the wheat, Impurities are removed from your life. You become stronger in your faith because sometimes God's preparation comes packaged as pain. Sometimes it takes something really, really painful for God to say, okay, I got rid of those things, now you're ready. And some of you have been called to do incredible things, and what you're going through is making you stand firmer in your faith. And as you're standing firmer in your faith, God's able to do and speak to you. God's able to impart into you those things that you are going to need as you fulfill the purpose that God has called you to. Not one person sitting in this room is here by accident, and I don't just mean in this room, on this earth. God has a purpose and a plan for all of us, but just like any job that you are called to do, anything that you need to do, there's going to be a little bit of training, and there's going to be a little bit of a lead up to that, and sometimes that preparation that's going to come before where God is calling you to is going to mean he's got to cut a few things back, and you're going to go through some things that may not seem pleasant at the time but God is going to use those in the years and the days and the decades to come. Don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. Look at life from a perspective of purpose. What is this preparing me for? What am I learning from this? What can I use from this as I go through my life? What is this showing me as I go through? There are at least two phrases that should be struck from the English language. Number one is, I told you so. All right? We'll save that one for another sermon. All right. The other one is, it isn't fair. Here's the problem with both of those phrases. They both build up resentment and bitterness instead of building up your faith. So you know what? In the midst of pain, it can be very easy to dwell on what's hurting, what's not fair, why is this happening to me and not somebody else, why am I going through this and they look like they're having a great life. It can be very easy to dwell on it's not fair, it's not right, why me, woe is me, and all those things. The Apostle Paul... He wrote the book of Philippians, actually, when he was in prison in Rome. And, of course, back then, we are talking about biblical prisons. We are not talking about ACLU-approved prisons, okay? So he was not in the best of places and probably not in the best of, but he wrote this incredible book of Philippians. And Philippians 4.8, while he's sitting in this prison cell, chains to there, it says this. And, again, this is one of my favorite, favorite verses. Finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. As Satan is attacking you, as you're going through the roughest of things, as the doctor is telling you something that you don't want to hear, As you look at your bank account and you're not entirely sure how on earth you're going to pay the bills this week, as you go to work and people are just not treating you right and you feel like you're the only one there who's actually doing the job and how come they're getting away with whatever they're getting away with, as your relationships, your marriage may be in a rough spot this morning, as all of those things are happening, it can be very easy to dwell on, it's not fair. But the Apostle Paul reminds us, what do we dwell on and things like that? What is true? And here's what's true. Satan may be attacking you, but he got permission to do so. You're being sifted, but it's all for your good. Pain is inevitable, Jesus is praying for you. But here's what I wanna remind you of this morning. There's a purpose in your pain. There's a purpose in your pain. Your pain is preparing you for exactly what God is purposing for you. And for some of you, when I talk about pain, it may not be one specific thing you're thinking of. You may this morning be thinking, you know what, my whole life in general just has not gone the way I thought it would go. It hasn't worked out the the way I thought it was. This is not how it was supposed to be. And this morning, I want to remind you of something. How do we know that God's preparing us for a purpose? Because it says it in his word. Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I remember being in a room with a mom who had just lost her 24-year-old son to a a tragic traffic accident and a well-meaning Christian lady came over and said, hey, I just want to remind you, all things work together for good. Can I just say, sometimes the best thing to say is nothing at all, but, and, and, and this, this mom just looked at her and said, I just don't see that. I just don't get it. And you may be there this morning. This morning, you may be at the place where you're like, you know what, Charlotte, it's all well and good for you all well and good for you, you have absolutely no idea what I am going through right now. You don't know what's happening in my life, you don't know what it is that I'm battling, you don't know what I'm facing, you don't know what I'm living with. And you're right, I don't. And I gotta be honest, there are some things in this life that I think we are never truly going to understand. And I say that because the 24-year-old who died was my brother-in-law. And I still don't understand it. And I still don't know why it happened. And, you know, in 1 Corinthians, it's not just for weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about how we look through a glass darkly. And for some of us, for some of the things that we've been through or are going through, we are never going to see clearly this side of eternity, the reason for it. But no matter what I am going through, no matter what you are going through, here's what I do. I hold to what is true. What is true? Romans 8:28. How do I know it's true? Because it's in here, and I believe that every word in here is from God, so it must be true. So what does it say? We know that in all things, good or bad, health or sickness, Marriage or divorce, demotion or promotion, winning the lottery or bankruptcy, we know that in all of these things, God works for the good. We may never see it, but it's happening. How do I know he's working for good? He's not just working for good. He's working for all those who have been called according to his purpose. It's for a purpose. There is nothing that happens by accident. And I don't understand everything that you're all going through this morning. And I don't know why your life has turned out the way it has. If I knew that, I would have answers for my own life too. But here's what I know. There is not one thing that has happened to me in the past 49 years that has happened by accident. And that means the good things that I absolutely loved and the parts that have brought me to my knees. That means the parts where, you know what, God, I can see your hand in this and I can see that that would happen for a reason. And the parts where I said, all right, this got to be the devil because I don't know why this would be happening to me. And that's true for every single one of you here this morning. Not one thing has happened that God hasn't been there for you and God hasn't been a part of it for you. James 1, to 2-4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's a tough one. That's another not giving me the warm and fuzzies one, I'll be honest. But here's the thing, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kind. Do I consider it joy because I really enjoy all the painful things and all the hurt? No. I consider it joy because there's a purpose in the pain. I consider it joy because I know that no matter what is happening, no matter what I am going through, God is using that to bring me out the other side. And God is using that, therefore, to be a help in the purpose that I am called to be. It can be really difficult to see anything except what you're going through. It can be really difficult to see anything good coming from it. But my guess is that for a lot of you, you're in the place where I am. We're getting a little older, let's be honest. And we look back, and we see the times in our lives where we went through some really, really rough stuff, and we went through some really, really hard times, and we went through things that we wouldn't have asked to happen even if we could have. And I look back now, and I see, okay, most of you know my story. My first husband left, then my brother alone or passed away. I've shared that story before. I've shared the story of my journey to motherhood isn't what I had thought it was going to be. But looking back, I get to see how God has used different pieces from all of that and made me the person that I am today. Before all of that happened, you would not have caught me up here, not a chance. And I said that many, 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 many times. And that's why I love the end of this verse that we're looking at in Luke um, 22. So, Luke 22, it says, Simon, 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 Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And here's the great part. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. See, some of you are going through things right now, and actually you are not going to be the beneficiary of the purpose for what you're going through it for. Redemptive suffering, okay? You are going through something that actually is going to help other people. And a lot of you, I know that you've seen that happen. I know that that's, you know, happened in my life. Before I went through a divorce, I had no idea how to talk to somebody who went through one. I always thought if you were divorced, then it was obviously your fault. You must have done something wrong. I was honestly, and I thought Christians didn't get divorced anyway, so it didn't matter. And yet, when I went through all that period of my life, I came out the other side, and now I actually can understand, and I can talk to people, and hopefully I've helped some people and shared with them and prayed with them and said, you know what, I get it. I really, really get it. And they know that I do get it. And some of you are going to go through things and you're going through it for that purpose. The purpose you are going through it is to strengthen other people. Because nothing with God is wasted. Every experience I have, whether good or bad, every trial I go through, everything that I may never have chosen to happen to me but has happened to me, God is using that pain for a benefit. It may be that the experience you're having is gonna be used by God to strengthen others, encourage others, warn others to avoid the things that tripped you up. Here's the amazing part about this story too. So Jesus and Simon Peter are having this conversation. It's hours before Jesus is crucified. Simon Peter was, of course, one of his closest disciples who had spent the most time with him while he was here on earth. But Jesus knew when they were having this conversation that actually, within a matter of hours, Peter would reach his lowest low because Peter would deny him three times. And then Peter would watch the man that he revered and looked up to be crucified just the same as those filthy thieves and robbers up on the cross. Peter, great conversation with Jesus, boom, right down to earth. But here's the thing, there's a purpose in your pain. 53 days later, Peter was the one who preached on the power of the resurrection and the power of forgiveness at Pentecost. And on that day, 3,000 people got saved. The same man who was in pain and agony because he denied his Savior, just like Jesus said he would, was the man who stood up and spoke about forgiveness and showed people the way and let them do that. So this morning I want to remind you You're not alone in your pain. God hasn't left you, he's not punishing you, but as part of our life, pain is gonna be inevitable. I want you to be encouraged today that you are not alone. Jesus is praying for you. In fact, he is interceding for you. He's standing in the gap between you and the Father, and he's right there beside you as you go through everything. And here's the good news. People sometimes say to me, can you pray for me? Because I know you got a connection. (laughs) Jesus has the connection, okay? So he's praying for you. You're good to go. (laughs) And finally, I want to remind you of this. God is going to take those dark experiences. God is going to take those things you have been through. God is going to take those days where you didn't know which way was up. And he's going to use those days to bring hope and light to other people. 2 Corinthians 4 says this. We are hard-pressed on every side. Ever feel like that? Like everything's just closing in on you. But you're not going to be crushed. You're perplexed, you may have no clue what is going on or what's happening or how it's gonna work out, but there's no reason to despair. You may be persecuted, but you are not abandoned. You may be struck down, you may be at the lowest place that you have been to, been at, but you will not be destroyed. Because no matter what you are going through this Sunday morning, The Father's right there alongside you. He's right there and Jesus is praying for you and interceding for you. You wanna stand with me? I actually want us to do something now that usually is not done in this part of the building. What we're about to do is usually done next door in our kids' areas. And I want us to memorize a scripture before we leave. It can be very, very difficult in the middle of the night when your thoughts are going crazy and you know, you're thinking of all the bad things that are happening and worst case scenarios. It can be sometimes difficult to remember. What am I, where's God at? Where is he? Am I alone? Satan's gonna feed you lies. That's one thing he is good at, he can lie. And he's gonna tell you, you know what, you're by yourself. Whatever you're going through, God's forgotten about you. You don't need to worry about that. So here's what I want to do, because the best weapon that you will have against Satan is here. Here's the problem. At 2 a.m., and especially if your eyes are in like mine, it's a little difficult to start opening this and start reading. So this morning, what I want to do is this. I want us to memorize a scripture. And if nothing else, I want you to remember this scripture as we leave here today. Hebrews 13. It's an easy one you're, you're safe it says this the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid say it together the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid when I feel like the world is closing on on me when I feel like I don't know where to turn I don't know what's happening I don't know what to do next I remind myself the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. When Satan is telling me in the middle of the night, you know what, God's forgotten about you. He could never use you anyway. Remember everything that you've ever done? He's never gonna have a purpose for you. I remind myself, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. Whatever is happening in life, whatever we are going through, whatever our boss may say, whatever a coworker may say, no matter what an ex may say, no matter what anybody says about me, this can never, ever be disputed. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. OK? Now I'm going to test you all on that next week, so make sure you got it, okay? The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning, and we know that no matter what trials we're going through, no matter what battles we're going through, no matter where life has left us or where we're standing this morning, we know this, we will not be afraid because you are right there beside us. We remind ourselves that, you know what, Satan has no power whatsoever, you have all the power. We remind ourselves that, you know what, Jesus is right there at your right hand, interceding and standing in the gap for us. We remind ourselves that we are the head and not the tail, and that you have a purpose and a plan for every single one of us, no matter what our story is, no matter what our backstory is, no matter what our journey has been that you are preparing us, you are shaping us for what it is that you have called each and every one of us to be, and we thank you for it. And God, we just pray that you'd help us to remember at all times that we will no reason to be afraid because you are right there beside us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.